This is the Very Finished Problems podcast with Joel Willens. Find us at facebook.com slash verifinishproblems. For links to some of the things we discuss on the show and to learn how you can get new episodes directly to your smartphone, please visit verifinishproblems.com. But, um, okay, we should kick off then? Yes, I think we should. Hello, hello, hello. Here hello. we are again. Hello. Joe Willens. Yes. Very Finished Problems podcast number... Well, actually, I have no, I have we no, have no clue. idea. It's we'll been so it long. Post. Literally, been so long. I mean, first of all, we have to apologise for being so being so poor in producing. We haven't done one since uh, November, Thomas. No, we What's haven't. What's your excuse? Uh, well, uh, th- there's this thing called work. You know, there is a thing called work, and then of course and, Christmas uh, cake, and we had to move and stuff. So everything we everything have, no, like we that. have a whole rack of excuses, but yes. we have a new office, we uh-huh. have new guests, we have new problems, and it's a new year. It's, hmm. we, what could possibly go wrong? So yeah, and, uh, and, thank- and it's just past the point where New Year's greetings are starting to sound a bit stale. So okay, we, yeah. we, we okay, got okay, that thank in there. <laughs> thank you for shooting down my intro in flames. <laughs> so yes, uh, here we are again, podcast number ten or eleven, we think, uh, and. This week, we are going to discuss problem number 57 in Finland's 2017 best-selling English language non-fiction book, 101 Very Finished Problems, The Foreigner's Guide to Surviving in Finland, still... Available you, you do for- realize that I, I sort of, I sort of sneak at this because you sound like some self-help, uh, like <laughs> guru, like quoting your own. It book. is self-help. It's not called the Foreigner's Guide to Surviving in Finland for nothing. Literally, you get this book, and as, your as, life will be complete. As long as you're not forcing anyone to walk on, you know, burning coal. No, I'll, I'll, there's none of that in there. But there is walking on freezing ice, hmm. which but is we, also potentially. But we do have a guest. Yes, we have a guest. Did I talk about the problem? Uh, Maybe not. No. I'll go ahead. So we have a problem and we have a guest. So the problem is going to be is uh, number fifty-seven. When you queue for hours for a free bucket and they run out, and dun, dun, our dun. guest we have to help us discuss this problem. Now you're going to have to pronounce your surname because I always screw this up. Is Yurki Gallinen? Gallinen. You say it so beautifully. Yes. Thank and, you. And Yurki. Uh, well, perhaps you can introduce yourself actually, and so you can you can tell uh, us what you do and why you do it. Thanks a ton for the invite, Joel. Uh, My pleasure. Always a pleasure. I'm Jyrki Karlinen from Kraust. Uh, so Kraust is all about insights, but let's talk about that a bit later. Uh, let's start with your problem. Yes, indeed. So it's about, <laughs> we're, we're, did, did you introduce yourself properly? Did I introduce myself? Yeah. Does everyone not know who I am by now? Yeah, I, mean, I mean, you should always introduce okay, yourself. Okay, Joel Willens, uh, author of very finished, 101 Very Finished Problems yes. and the creator of Very Finished Problems. There social media sensation that yeah. it is. And of course, Thomas Newbury, whose name I was co-host. Yeah, yeah. I, I won't even. That's so last year. They yeah, really so last year. My name, yeah, so. exactly. Has it changed to Thomas? It used to be Thomas. It's, it's uh, Thomas. Changed, I, yeah. I, I just won't react as, as as long as he pronounces something similar to something how it's written. I pronounce it my way, basically. If he went like Italian style, I would probably, you know, uh, I, I would no, maybe snicker at that as well, but you know, I'm sure that can be done. I'm, I'm, sure, sure, it I'm done. sure it can be done. <laughs> so yeah, this week, uh, the three of us are going to discuss this problem. When you queue for hours for a free bucket and they run out. Uh, now this is a weird, this is a strange, cause I, this is a very sort of distinctly, distinctly finished trait. And when I first heard this, I actually thought it was bollocks. <laughs> I didn't think people, this was actually, was actually a thing. And then, then it was shown to me, uh, on various videos and news articles. I think we wrote about it on Ink Tank, actually, inktank.fi. Um, 
So, I mean, I, clearly from me, I mean, I come from a more uber capitalist society and there's no doubt when it comes to picking up bargains, then then British people are always up for up for that. But I don't, and they also love queuing. But whether they would queue for a bucket, I'm not entirely here's the sure. Thing, here's the thing. So maybe we could get yeah, uh, I have to muddy the waters a little bit because supposedly some of these offerings have uh, included some, uh, you know, a pa- so some coffee and stuff like that in the bucket as well. So coffee. Oh, that's almost a brilliant, br- oh, brilliant, uh, brilliant queue. Right, right on queue. Get us barley on queue and see who. Who's made her first intro introduction into our the first uh, very first? Do you want to say hello? Hello, hello. Yes. <laughs> Good stuff. Okay, so uh, yeah, just so, so on cues. You, you mentioned coffee. Uh, yes. Some coffee arrives. Well, well so. do we have any data on on data points on, data on how much actual other merchandise you get with the buckets? Because well, we, I've I've heard that's also that's also a thing. We certainly don't. But hopefully you're the key because we don't do data. Data uh, doesn't really bother with. No, we Joel, just make shit up. But now we have you uh, here. That's not what modern buckets. Buckets is something say. that uh, th- there must be something scary in the front. I, I don't know why people do that. I actually have, have you ever queued for a bucket? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and if, if I had, I never, I never did that. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, I I don't know. Uh, this is also kind of a common common thing in Finland. People think why they queue for buckets. Oh, so it has been it has been discussed and it has been analyzed as to why there has been some sort of research into why that happens. Uh, I've heard like I've heard some uh, researchers have kind of been exploring the reasons. Uh, and what, uh, were the, what were their conclusions? Uh, there are no conclusions. <laughs> there there are no conclusions. They're just wild guesses. Uh, uh-huh. I, I don't know. Um, personally, I think that people queue. Well, first of all, I agree. They queue. They love queuing because I think that is fair. Uh, it's fair. They, they, it's something that they know to, what to expect. This is my. This is don't my, get me started on the innate justif- justice of queuing. Yeah, I, I absolutely <laughs> buy into that. Queuing people ridicule queuing, but for me, queuing is one of the one of one of uh, humanity's greatest inventions. It is innately just, and you are rewarded for getting there first. So I'm a huge fan of queues, and I'm actually. And what I find always surprising about this is that, in my experience, Finns aren't so good at queuing. I mean, I've been to places like. I've been to places of high culture, like opera and ballet and all that sort of stuff. And I've had old grannies barge elbowing me in the face to get to the cloakroom before me. So, and getting on, I, I don't think, so this is just a weird sort of, this is, doesn't seem to be like uh, the norm. Yeah, I, I I read about your past experiences. Very oh, sorry you? to hear that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, have I mentioned that beforehand? Yeah, uh, that that kind of a sounds, <laughs> that kind of a sounds radical. Uh, I just have the feeling that, um, the lady uh, in the opera oh, house you, you refer to. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I don't know if she has a custom to what we know as fair in general, ba- based on the right. setting, based on the based on the context. I don't know. The it story- wasn't a one-off though. It may, I've been to. I mean, okay, the elbow in the face was a one-off, but the the bar and the the impression that I am standing there. And this happened my last time. I went to. Sounds like I'm really really bourgeois that I go to ballet all the time. <laughs> but uh, I went to um, was it Swan Lake or oh, no? Well, the last time I went to ballet, I was standing once again for the, I had a really it was a really beautiful experience and um, I was giving a coat and some woman just like she just sort of merged in front of me as I was invisible and I'm like and I literally well, am I invisible and well, she just ignores queuing, that well. queuing in Finland can sometimes be a bit informal like you know for example queue, queuing queuing for the buses it's it's there might be an, an implied queue uh, I've, I've seen this in Helsinki where people are sort of they form a sort of very Mm, very porous queue 
and people get <laughs> in, get in, and people get into the bus in approximately the order, right, order okay. they arrive at the stop. But still, people don't there. like stand around yeah. like a big yeah, 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 yeah. snake it, around the block. It's one of those occasions that forming a kind of well-structured queue would look a bit stupid. <laughs> so it's kind of a it's a collective decision that yeah, let's be slightly scattered yeah, around, yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. everybody knows who goes in which orders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, it's like the wisdom of crowds, the wisdom of queues. And then, then you have the half sociopathy granny who just doesn't give a who shit. Who seems to follow yeah. me around wherever I go. I mean, he's, he's like the Englishman. He loves queuing. I just barge him in the face out the okay, way. But, but I think we've established that we have no idea about uh, the actual reasoning behind this. But actually, uh, there's one wild frontier on queuing oh, where really? it's tested in Finland. Uh-huh. And, and that's like 4 a.m. on Saturday and Sunday mornings in a taxi when you're waiting oh, for yeah. a taxi. Oh, that's, uh, that's, a wild, that's like the school of hard knocks. Yeah. Isn't it? I mean, that's where it starts getting knife fights. and that's like, Absolutely. Like, you know, everybody, the fierce, isn't it? everybody's eyeing each other in a way that there's a kind of silent agreement that yeah, yeah. I'm not going to ruin it for you if you don't do it for yeah. me. Let's <laughs> let's follow let's follow the common procedure here. Mm-hmm. And everybody's kind of afraid that somebody, the wild, yeah, the, wild well, the idiot comes in. The is going to come in and just yeah. cause chaos. Mutual assured destruction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be a great, like, fly the wall documentary, wouldn't it? Just like, yeah, sticking a camera there. I mean, if you're, if you're bored on a Saturday night just to watch, to watch that one trigger where suddenly just chaos kicks off. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's interesting. The different types of cues are different types of social situations. So, yeah, we've, we've established we have no idea why people queue. Um, and that'd be interesting if anyone's got any comments about that, about why they think, then feel free to leave them in the comments. Do we have comments on our podcast? Uh, well, technically, no, we yes. Do yeah, we, we do. We have comments in, in various places, but it's at, uh, comments on the internet. It's a bit like putting a, an old mattress on the street with a, with a sign that says, like, pee on me. <laughs> and and uh, oftentimes, um, oftentimes, I would maybe prefer to have uh, something a bit more more formal and structured, like maybe what Kraust offers in terms of This uh, is true. We could research. ask you. In fact, this is beautiful, beautiful, yeah, beautiful, beautiful connection. We could ask you to actually research because maybe you should go into more about what you're doing in terms of finding out, solving problems like why people queue for hours for a free bucket. Oh, absolutely. Well, Kraus is all about uh, bringing people uh, together, well, people and companies together. And actually linking back to your uh, bucket example, it might be that, like, you know, people are not so much about queuing. Uh, maybe it's about sharing sharing something new together uh usually Shared there's experiences a, yeah mm-hmm. there's usually a store opened uh it might be the f- kind of first store of of its kind uh so a bucket it's just a kind of a manifestation yeah, and metaphor yeah, yeah. for like a medal yeah it's like to prove that you've been there and uh, take a part yeah. of experience yeah souvenir mm. Yeah. So, so how would you, I mean, this is all sort of speculation on our part as 95% of what we do in this podcast is, but how would you at Kraus, if you wanted to find out, for example, why people queue, what would your, how would you, I mean, how could people, what would you do and what would the methodology be? For that? We will, um, we will try to approach the theme, uh, not necessarily from the perspective of queuing, uh, more like thinking of the context where this queuing has taken place. And not asking directly from people, uh, when have you queued and why necessarily, uh-huh. because then they give a deliberate answer, usually the type of answer that represents their behavior in a good light. Right. Okay. Uh, so like, people self-censored to make themselves look brilliant. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think we can relate to that, Thomas. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> we, we, we're all humans and we think about what other people yeah, think yeah, about yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, uh, so, uh, yeah what, I mean, what, nobody would ever hire me if they ever saw my Facebook commenting. <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. 15,000 word rant. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely. And more like kind of um, the context where queuing happens and also about past behavior rather than uh, like something that might happen in future. So um, when have like, if you have queued sometimes, how did it feel like? It? Right, why, okay. why did you stay in the queue? What was annoying? Like, you know, obviously people kind of think that queuing is annoying, but they do it for some reason. So then the reward that you have got after queuing, did it pay off or not? Right, okay. So more about the motivations. And so the question, the questions you ask are clearly crucial, but is it all like, so you're also saying the actual methodology in terms of like face-to-face interviews are more, less likely to gain truer insights just by virtue of the fact that people... Yeah, uh, in, in many in many times, yes. Obviously, it depends on the context. But if you think about a scenario that, let's assume it's Friday afternoon, uh, 4 or 5 p.m., you're in K City Market or Prisma doing your groceries. Then you're getting out. You're about to go home, uh, enjoy a beautiful glass of wine, enjoy the... Feeling of accomplishment of the week. Basically, just described Thomas as every No, no, I, I order my groceries because I, I Sorry, value my sanity. Yeah, and a, and a living wage. <laughs> yes, that, that as well. <laughs> when you're heading out, that interviewer attacks you with a notepad, mm. asking questions, interviewing you or something. Do you think you're going to give objective and uh, answers to that individual? Like, if you like the person. You might just please the person, you know, giving nice answers. If you need to go to the toilet, you want to give prompt, really blunt answers just to get out of the situation. So if you think about that as a uh, what it means for the validity and reliability of the data received out of that interview, it's questionable. So, so uh, how do typically how do traditional research companies because they must they must they must appreciate and i know that they're very like uh specific in trying to get representative demo, representative demographics etc cetera, etc cetera. but do they ever take these sort of things into account i mean is that a, is that a thing for them or is it something they try to sort of sweep under the under the carpet because it's the um, embarrassing truth that, <laughs> that makes their 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 research more flawed yeah in general like market and consumer research they have very well established methodologies and ways to do things and uh, um it's it's one of these fields that is definitely in transition um things will things are already being done in a new way instead of this kind of a big standalone research projects they are more like a need to have continuous pulse from the market the pulse and heartbeat what people think on a continuous basis and also try to extract the information or source the information in a way that it can be easily deployed uh, in business and just starting with a simple fact people are not laboratory rats yeah uh, so traditionally the old school research uh, typically has this mentality that that they are consumers so-called consumers who live their lives out there let's go and find out let's carry out a research and then we uh, we are able to do something better usually boost our business to sell something more uh, it's it's very single-minded uh, and, and kind of a one-sided way to approach I sort this. of would imagine we're stuck in sort of like doubles uh the mirror, two-way mirrors and like given stuff to play with was men in white yes. coats. Despite <laughs> all my rage, I'm still just a rat in a cage. No, but, but I, was, I was going to ask like, um, in, in what way, um, you know, what was the comparison about the, the, the sort of guinea uh, uh, pigs or like uh, animal trials? In what ways um, do traditional market researchers like approach people as they the, as if they were like static entities who have very simple lives in, in what sort of ways 
do that manifest itself? Uh, it's often like starting from the way how questions are being asked. Uh, they, are, they are very direct into some topic matter that then the back office people, usually sales or marketing people uh, in the company are able to draw direct con conclusions from. So rather than viewing phenomena or things from the perspective of the consumer and letting them to voice their views on their own words, they uh, traditionally usually there's a fixed question pattern or pattern of questions and, and then they are being asked from like usually using some kind of a corporate language uh, uh, with solid business goals in mind and, and then the companies are trying to make some use of it. So uh, um, nowadays it should be more like people are intelligent, they're very intelligent, they have well-structured opinions, uh, they are aware, they drive things, they drive movements, think about me too phenomena yeah, in the world. Yeah, yeah. All these things, people are active participants of the society. They actually take the societies forward or backwards. So, uh, <laughs> so rather than companies trying to uh, set something and, and establish and maintain some forms of doing things, it should be kind of a, the whole thing should be done on the terms of the consumers so, that okay, we so, call people. So, so uh, how do you do that then? I mean, what, what, what do you do differently at Kraust that would differ from your traditional rats in a lab uh we enable we enable people to uh voice opinions on things that are close to them uh, so being it being it meat imitating food products being it big trends that kind of a touch the societies uh -huh. how they move what are they interests what they think about politics uh um what type of products they use and why what they are lacking what are they fear so we try to as a kind of an insights company, we uh -huh. try to provide them the means to first of all, voice their opinion on their own terms, use their own words in expressing those opinions. Uh -huh. And then how we are, uh, we have our own service that is designed to be agile, hopefully agile enough for companies to make use of that data, uh, not using the tools and structures of the company necessarily, but, you know, using the, using the information as voiced by the consumers, uh, as served and, and, and kind of a disseminated by our service. So, so when you uh, get a new like corporate client, like how big data sets do they usually want or need? Or what, what's your recommendation? Um, I would recommend, um, kind of a so-called small data sets, but on a fast, regular, constant pace. So traditionally, uh, these big research projects that you carry out once or twice in a year, that has been the norm. So a lot of money invested in, in major research project, projects that have long lead times, a lot of labor required, money spent. And then when the results come in, uh, it's often too late. They're already out of date. Yeah, yeah. So the the best in, in those scenarios is that, you know, you can maybe learn something for the future if you repeat some activities in future where those insights are needed. But but that is kind of wasting money in my view. They they might be there might be a domain for those still, but continuous flow of information, uh, like a heartbeat. Society is a living ecosystem. Oh, totally yeah, I, I, I totally hear that like Pokemon Go is going to be big in Q4 of 2016, ain't it? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but okay, so so is there room in, in your methodology, is there room to do things like A-B testing of different questions yes. as, as you go along in the trials or, or the... Yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And uh, one area is A-B testing and, and one area is also kind of a, that when certain studies are regularly repeated, 
uh, you will be able to kind of compare the identical data sets over over time. So what has changed from the previous quarter to the uh, when compared to the current quarter? Uh, how has the behavior of male, female, certain age group uh, age groups changed? Taking into account what, for example, you as an organization or company has done lately, or what your competitors have done, what has happened in the world? Uh, what new trends are coming in? So uh, cool. So that you have a wealth of knowledge. Uh, at your fingertips and disposal. So, I mean, very finished problems uh, is typically takes into account and looks at you know the habits of fins in general. So, and sometimes we're accused of uh, talking about stereotypes uh, and cliches, and inevitably mm, there no is shit. an element of that. Um, but these things do derive from reality. I mean, people don't talk about finished people going in sounds all the time for no reason. So, yeah. what I mean, are, are there sort of characteristics? that you've come across that you think uh, reflect those stereotypes, reinforce them or detract from them? Or can you back up what some of the things we've been saying? Or can you say categorically that we're just talking bullshit? <laughs> uh, I, I believe some stereotypes are very true, uh, uh, but but there might be more to it than just like kind of a surface domain like you know if 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 people think that fins are quiet and uh -huh. they need their own space uh, more than on average like comparing internationally i think that's true you think it's true yeah. there you go thank you very much <laughs> all those detractors it is true yeah man but if you ask, ask uh, swedes in, in certain like automotive uh, um, industries cities you know they might still have the idea that fins are you know middle-aged men who, who like to play with knives so, <laughs> so i mean uh, also so so, so, so uh, how do you how do you as crows how do you go about finding people to do like on board into these questionnaires and stuff what's um what's your what's your take on that so how do we find these yeah uh we have a lot of uh kind of ways and channels how we find these people um we obviously do a lot of digital social media outreach we collaborate with certain organizations like alliance ru uh, a lot of institutions we work with our company clients um, to basically use their channels so online and offline channels we use them all um, what we have noticed is that uh, while people are able to earn gift cards using the crowd service uh, through voicing their opinion the very important driver for people is the feeling that they think that their voice is getting heard and that's something very important to us so People want to influence on things. And and this is also the kind of a, the other side of the so-called stereotype of things being silent. Um, I think that there's value in silence because in silence, the new ideas surge, you can concentrate on something that you have in your mind. And in peace, you are able to structure, for example, your opinion uh, in, a, in, in a way better manner than in a, uh, in a kind of a noisy face-to-face -face interaction. Uh, on many cases so like, yeah that's that makes absolute sense yeah i mean i'm a I've, my person. profession is, is partially writing these days and, and, and as Joel implied I have this habit of sometimes going to rants on social media <laughs> but, but that's actually but that's because writers write I mean uh, Stephen King has this really good book on writing it's a great and book where, I read that where, when I first started where, where he, career, essentially, yeah. he essentially explains that writers write if, if, if you if you want to write as your profession you need to sit down and allo allocate time to write and that's how you sort of form your ideas and stuff and uh, I actually have 
there's, there are a few like questionnaires that I, I've put a lot of thought into in my spare time just for the, for the same reason, because it helps my, helps, helps me uh, structure my thoughts about the certain, certain subjects. So, so do you, do you like offer people like free form answers in, in, in your questionnaire and do you get like weird long rants about stuff? Uh, we, uh, well, first of all, I completely agree with you that, you know, on social media, people like, you know, the extremes tend to come through. Mm-hmm. You're either extremely happy, so happy so that you're crying uh, or <laughs> then you're ranting so, so violently that you're crying for that. But, you know, this kind of a mid, the kind of a main highway of opinion, the main segment uh, often gets ignored because people- well, It's dull, isn't it? I think people yeah. crave drama online. Yeah. And uh, you, know, you can see that in the, th- in the things that get shared, the more, the more dramatic the headline, then the more likely it is to get shared. And if it's, an, if it's like a very sort of middle yeah. of the road and yeah. every day, then- and, and Tuma, sorry, I forget your question. <laughs> I did as well. <laughs> no, no, I um, didn't happily. I mean, it was, it was can, a little do bit... Do you free form, yeah. allow people to do free form mm-hmm. answers oh, yeah. that can potentially go off onto yes. huge 15,000 word ram, rants? Uh, we basically, we enable people like through a variety of different types of questions. Some of them can be just basic single choice, multiple choice questions, but uh-huh. we also have um, free text option, uh, answer options so that people are able to... Um, respond using their own words and actually we have been astonished uh by the dedication and argumentation people put mm-hmm. behind their responses uh, i have seen regularly responses that people have written two paragraphs That's thomas yeah. uh, <laughs> on, on a specific <laughs> question and this happens when when there is what a, sort of questions generally provoke that sort of thing okay things have an emotional resonance but is it like or is it like oh, i want a particular type of like sausage <laughs> and, uh, and yeah. they're not happy that all this oh yeah what, what sort of questions have usually that? usually this happens uh on topics that people um hold very dear such and close as, to them such as like for example uh meat imitating well, uh, vegetarian so products like, we jokingly yeah. talk about sausages but in yeah. fact meat imitating yeah. uh, uh Vege- vegetables imitating meat has been caused all sorts of yeah uh, and what was it pro or was it uh, for example harkis and and you know mm-hmm. these kind of products like people it's not only about personal consumption um like there's usually an ideology behind. I don't know what Harkis is, sadly. So, but once again, underlining, despite the fact I've been here for like 15 uh, years. It's this like new product made from some kind of bean that imitates oh, right, sort okay. of the structure of minced meat and oh, similar that, so, yeah, products. Oh, Yeah, it's quite tasty. Yeah. Yes. So, so there's actually, there's an ideology behind it. So uh-huh. it's not only that uh, people who respond with several paragraphs and lines to these kind of questions. They don't only want to bring up their own consumption uh, heard. Uh-huh. They, they also want to influence on other people's behavior. And okay. why, why, like they want to kind of- a, Convert them to the cause. Yeah, yeah. And the other, the other topics might be like the type of entertainment, the type of content that is currently available on, on mainstream TV channels and, right, okay. and, and services like Netflix and stuff like that. So, so, so is it generally people bitching? Or, mo- or just sort of like that. Are most of the long responses people, uh, or are they just more measured? And I'm just wondering because I know based upon Thomas's experience, the some occasionally I've seen some of his Facebook rants, <laughs> and they always rants actually. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and you never write absolutely. a measured fifteen thousand word response. It's always a rant. So I'm wondering yeah. if the only people who respond in great detail are only ranting, or is that the unfair character, characterization um, of that? I will think that there's surprisingly little ranting uh, on, on our studies and on, on the feedback that we receive. And I think that the 
kind of a, one of the main reasons for this is that people give the response alone. Mm. Like, what is the point of ranting if you can't watch somebody in the face so that you see the effect <laughs> of ranting? And, and, you know, on social media, there is this impact. You know, if you rant something over there, then you yeah, get likes yeah, or, yeah. or violent counter arguments. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, you kind of see the mani- manifestation and, and evidence yeah, of you your... instant hit, don't you? An- you exactly, get, yeah. the anger getting through. But when you're giving the uh, kind of a feedback or response kind of in solitude, you think about Shout it more room, and room, you focus more to it. Like, you, you don't, you think that... you think quite quickly that I don't, what is the point of ranting? I can yeah, actually yeah, change yeah, something yeah. over here. So kind of a getting a bit deeper uh, right, okay. into the substance. So uh, mm. yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, specifically about these meat, meat st- substitutes, I- I've been getting into them myself. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm still a meat eater, but I, I've, in a couple of years, I've reduced my meat consumption by mm. 80%. Yeah. And that's just by being surrounded by People who don't eat. No, well, partially, <laughs> but that, that stereotype doesn't quite uh, re- hold true in my circles. But it's, but it's sort of um, you've been surrounded. I've been surrounded by people who don't eat meat for you know a decade or so, and uh, sooner or later you run into the you know quite factual arguments that when you feed animals like biomass, uh, like soy, you fly in from the other end of the world, yeah. uh, other side of the world, and th- then that most of that biomass just disappears. Uh, the yeah, cow, I mean, cow it grows up, and I mean, it's a total fucked up system and we should all stop eating meat immediately. I mean, everyone knows that. So these are the sort of things that sort of, they lend themselves to sort of... um, individual critical thinking and, and anal- analysis over time and people's opinions might change. And, uh, and I so think you can definitely see that with the whole veggies there. I mean, I would love to stop eating meat and I don't eat much either. I mean, I've got a weakness for bacon, hands up. Yeah, but like, who uh, Yeah, who doesn't? But I mean, I totally understand and I try and definitely, I mean, you look at historically, if you look at meat consumption, I mean, historically in the past, it was very much, it was a sun, in the UK we had Sunday roast, which is where you have your, you have meat on a Sunday and that's the only time you have it. Mm-hmm. Or you, might, you don't have it every single day and now we've become so accustomed to eating meat on a daily basis that it's a sort of given rather than a luxury and it's absolutely fucking up the planet and everyone sort of knows that but like um, I've got no doubt if you did a survey 20 years ago about vegetarianism most people still consider to be like you know freakish and weird but now it's very much more mainstream isn't it so yeah yeah and and actually this conversation is a model example uh, on how interesting opinions, phenomena, and new trends are versus those kind of old, old school research reports and findings so this kind of stuff is interesting to everybody. People, Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. see, <laughs> people get engaged, and you know, the more the more kind of a conversation and debates there are. Initially, if you have uh, claimed to be a hardcore meat lover because you like the taste, you might be just introduced uh, some other perspective. Well, it might be about sustainability. It might be how you feel uh, physically based on what type of diet you're eating. So it's kind of a through exchange of thoughts, exchange of opinions that that crowd is dedicated to, you know, we we try to facilitate this yeah, stuff yeah. to happen. And do you ever do people who are because I don't know if you talked about the actual it's, it's an app, isn't it? Um, have you actually talked about? Have you talked? Have we talked about the sort of technology? No, no, we you haven't actually. Yeah, we so. haven't. Yeah, maybe we should touch because I was just thinking about. I mean, it's a, as I understand it, it's a community of people who are all you know engaged, and you can like speak to them pretty much instantaneously. Is that yeah? Well, yeah. for people, for uh, for people like us, for everybody, it, it's a it's an application. It's a mobile app. Uh, it's freely available for Android and iPhone, and you can download it for free. It's basically using the app. You're able to voice your opinion on a variety of different kind of stuff. Um, 
there, there may be missions that you're asked to do something to go to a shop and, and check something on location, or it might be just a, a study or survey that you can respond to wherever you happen to be. So there's a variety of these things. And then the other end of the service is the online dashboard that the organizations and companies and those ones who are looking for the information, they are using it. So they are able to see how people respond. Uh, they are able to see automated graphs. Uh, it's like real time, or yeah, it's real time. No wait, So we could do a um, we could do a very finished problems research, and we could sit here in real time watching to see if people think Thomas rants too much, for example. Oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, I had a I had a big question here. And, oh, I've ruined your train of thought again. Uh, no, I mean, yeah, hey. Uh, so do you do you have in, in your big dashboard you offer to to um, corporate clients of yours? Do you have, do you offer some sort of um, text analysis or like machine learning stuff based on the like freeform inputs? We, obviously, we're a bit obsessed about freeform inputs because no, we're we are writers. <laughs> so I am at least. So yeah. so do, do you do you have some sort of way way of getting uh, the gist, the gist out of like freeform text? Yeah, currently currently we um, offer uh, automated word clouds based on what people have responded. Mm-hmm. But cool. we are developing a new version of the service and uh, free text analysis and machine learning is a is playing a cool. essential role. So, uh, uh, and, uh, and uh, with that, and uh, well, we're in the marketing industry, all of us, and all my markets research marketing. And uh, and uh, another question I sort of have to ask: um, <laughs> How do you feel about the GDPR? How, how does this uh, the the EU's general data protection regulation that uh, comes into full full play in May, where uh, you actually have to offer people a lot of control and options about how their data is yeah. used? GDPR is only a good thing and it has been long coming like you know it like it even could have happened earlier uh, like we think that every single human being has the right on the data that is specific to them uh, uh, like uh, they need to be able to control that data and and it has been quite wild west out there for some mm-hmm. time uh, data has been used in a really even dodgy ways uh, there hasn't been enough transparency uh, people calling to you from companies and, you know, not like then you don't know how they have come, yeah. uh, where they have get your data. So I think it's only a good thing. Um, uh, it's a good thing for people. Uh, and it's a good thing for us as consumers. I wish that the EU will follow the healthy uh, road on this kind of a thinking about what is the core essence of mm-hmm. the law, uh, how to how to protect the uh, consumers and people's interests versus trying to use the GDPR as as laying down heavy fines and, and collecting money. Um, <laughs> yeah. In the latter scenario, I don't believe. No, uh, me neither. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it's only a good thing and uh, people have the right to know uh, what what others know about them and, yeah. and also control that. Yeah, and we're, looking, we're looking at you, Facebook. Uh, I mean, I have this big, uh, I have this big like, uh, my, my latest conspiracy theory or sort of thing I sort of worry about is the, the trend of the Chinese sort of becoming the leaders in um, machine learning and that sort of thing at the same time as they're building <laughs> huge data sets on their population with their, their massive like uh, online social credit thing where they monitor people 
people's opinions. And I'm, I'm really concerned that in, in, uh, in 20 years or so, Chinese companies might be knocking on Western democracies' back doors and, and be very uh, uh, willing to sell this sort of thing. And I, with, with a little bit of luck, like the, the GDPR might have appeared just in time to stop our politicians to, to do the worst kind of Selling stuff in that sense for, for, for yeah. a sense of security or whatever. So that's, um, but, but, but I mean, the GDPR, uh, in, in a way, it's, it's, it's a, um, when I've been discussing this with people from the States, for example, in the States, they have this healthcare data regulation thing called HIPAA, and uh, where, where they very heavily regulate personally identifiable information that relates to healthcare. And the GDPR is essentially, uh, what if HIPAA, but for everything. And uh, mm. yeah, so... Uh, mm. These are interesting things. Like if you think about the world history, the center of economic and military power has changed over time mm. in different eras. Sadly. <laughs> Joel, you remember the times. I remember the good old days. Yeah, like, the uh, British yeah, Empire. Yeah, yeah. Happy days. This is, okay. This yeah, is, not really. I'm just another another reminder to book some guests who can talk about decolonization. <laughs> <laughs> well, so when is uh, the time of Finland to become the the economic uh, power of the world. What do you well, that, that, that's an interesting, yeah, interesting uh, speculate with that. But it was ironic that I moved from one failing state to the suddenly robust center of the new empire. Uh, I don't know. I think Finland um, has much going for it. And in some ways, like if you look at talk about soft power, yeah, like the idea that Finland's sort of uh, society is, is much admired in many different ways, even though often it's a little bit of a, of a facade. I mean, are they, I've been seeing um, is it the World Economic Forum has some good videos about well, all parts of the world. And one of them I saw recently was about education. The same old rehashing, the same old sort of like sort of tropes about Finnish education, no homework, for example. All, I see these these videos all the time about no, I mean, my, my son gets homework all the time. Yeah. So yeah, I, think I, mean, there's I think it's pretty well established that the Finnish education is just exceptionally good at, you know, uh, making sure everybody can read a little bit. So so <laughs> without elaborating on the, on the details on that, uh, uh, what's... Um, Finnish education fin- isn't as good as, as they say. No, no, let's not go there. Um, but... Um, but I think in terms of like, yeah, I mean, Finland's Finland, uh, Finland's reputation in the world. I think in the last since I've been here, the last few years, it's definitely been promoted. I mean, of course, we had the the fall and decline, well, not decline, but certainly the the less impressive rise of Nokia, which we're we're, we're all familiar with. Uh, and see. I mean, that was the flag bearer of Finnish technical technological prowess for a long time, wasn't it? And after that, after Nokia's sort of uh, flame diminished, then there was oh, it was a bit of a like introverted, like oh no. Mm. Well, Nokia is still doing quite well yeah, in that core well, business. It's not the same. Not the consumer market, yeah, but but it's sort of Nokia is a textbook example of uh, like sort of the innovators dilemma where they had they had the consumer mobile phone market and they just failed to jump to the oh, second generation yeah, of the product. Killer. And actually killer. this is an uh, kind of an interesting point like Nokia is in a brilliant condition nowadays. Yeah, and it, it has just transitioned again. It has transformed. So they they started with rubber boots uh, yeah, ages ago. Then they uh, like People remember Nokia or the kind of a, we as consumers or people, we think about Nokia as that X mobile phone yeah. manufacturer. But nowadays they are doing brilliant results in, 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 the, in the field of networks. So they just have a new business. But I think in, in terms of like representing Finland abroad and uh, in the world, the fact that everyone had a Nokia in their pocket, that was seen as like, oh, look. And that, and that, I mean, that, and that was, it was an unhealthy relationship with the state in that sense, in the sense of like everyone, you know, once, once Nokia was less in everyone's hand, 
then uh, yeah, I think people start thinking. Now it's in the cloud. Now, now we, we cloud. Could, now we could talk uh, offend all our ex Nokia friends by commenting on on a certain Nokia subsidiary selling censorship technology to the Saudis. But let's not go there either. <laughs> but, but 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 I mean yeah. Um, um, but, but Nokia, I mean, the, the the beginning of Nokia as we know it was in these 70s, 80s when they started doing this like mm. digital phone exchange system, which was like extremely, uh, like it was, it was a leading system at the time. Um, yeah. And if, if I think about Nokia, like I think the huge uh, core value of that company and its history is kind of a behind the curtains because nowadays the people who used to work for Nokia, they are in startups, they are in new companies in the field of clean tech, uh, uh, like gaming industry. Yeah, in, absolutely. In several different it, was good, it was good for Finland in general. All that yeah. talent just oh. suddenly spread out to new places. Yes, all the talent, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some, some quick lessons in leadership or other, how not to do it and, and, and that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, Nokia is, Nokia is all over the place and, and uh, it bought, bought a lot of people their first, their first homes. So, so. Yeah, and actually, um, if I think about Finland economy in general, like we, Finland is a country of contradictions. Like, um, First of all, uh, before we get into business, you know, just think about the seasons. Uh, summertime, there is we too much light. We think about them all the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Summertime, you cannot sleep. Then at winter time, it's motor. Uh, yeah, yeah. Except now when yeah, the weather is actually glorious, beautiful. Yeah, it's a glorious sunny day. I mean, we were really surprised we walked outside and it was like sunshine. But yeah, absolutely. The endless dark of the... Uh, of the of the never-ending gray relentless winter yeah and and then you actually even make fun or celebrate that in the form of events you think about slush the name uh, slush what it yeah. means and and what the event is all about it's all about renewal it's about new ideas getting together uh in 2016 finland attracted more foreign investments than other nordic countries uh that was maybe i guess it was fifth year in a row for that so there's a lot of demand and pull in in finland for new ideas for new companies to search so so what do you put that down to then what do you put this sorry what do you put what do you think what what is the reasoning behind that do you think why i think uh uh, it's a it's a combination of many things. There, there is a strong education system, as you said earlier. Um, there is a kind of a free professional for workforce from companies that, for example, Nokia, but there are many others. Uh, there, there is a there's solid pr- uh, kind of a professionality expertise in this country. Uh, high technology, um, uh, like kind of a infrastructure. Um, there, there are a lot of kind of a good components. That, that help new ideas to search innovation. Uh, and, and that's why there's also money flowing into Finland. Hmm. Uh, do you, uh, what's the market for your for your app at the moment? Is it Finland only or is it global? And uh... At the moment, Crowd app and the Crowd service is only available in Finland, uh, but we have, um, we will scale uh, to new markets later this year. So, All right, cool. Yeah. Anywhere in particular or is that secret? Uh, we, we're starting with Sweden. All right. Okay. So Thomas can rant in Swedish as well. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that would be. The world uh, is your school oyster. Um, cool. Yeah. Okay, well, I think we've, we've talked. We, we, we are at 44 minutes wow, now. Wow, so. okay. Well, I mean, we've, t- we've touched on a lot of, lot of interesting subjects and um, we failed to answer the when you queue for We sort of touched upon when you queue for hours for a free bucket and they run out, haven't we? But, well, I mean, we can sum, it up, sum that up with it's probably related to community and people just, you know, wanting to get to know a new, like... I think 
business yeah. establishment or something like that. Maybe. Yeah. Or they just like want more plastic junk. Uh, <laughs> who, who knows? All of the above. Uh, I think we've, yeah, I mean, unless you, have you got anything else you'd like to add to the? Uh, to- not for the bucket thing. Uh, I, I still believe that the bucket is actually some kind of a memory mark or, or souvenir of what happened that day. Yeah. Mm. Uh, the, the inauguration of the first. I was there. First of its kind story. Yeah. That, that, I have one I have of those. bucket to prove it. Yeah, yeah. One of those rare buckets, blue buckets uh, <laughs> that I got. <laughs> one of those but, rare million blue buckets. Memorabilia. Yeah. 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 While queuing when it was minus 20 degrees. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a good point. The minus 20. <laughs> that is a good point. But hey, before we, we wrap this up, we have this uh, we have this uh, semi-tradition of uh, doing a little bit of a recommendation round. Uh, so so recommend, recommending anything interesting you've run into recently, maybe music, podcasts, movies, books. I'm actually prepared for this. Oh, congratulations, for, yeah, like, yeah, well, Christmas came. I got a book. I can't remember the name of the book. <laughs> it, was a, it was a sort of history of cryptocurrency. I'm suddenly immersing myself in that world. I can't remember the name of it, but I can put it in the notes. That was really interesting, actually, to see like uh, the, the roots of it. Uh, but the podcast I recommend, which is very, very specific to me and probably no one else in Finland, is a podcast about Brexit, which is another subject close to my heart for obvious reasons. And that is called the Romaniacs. It's brilliant, actually. <laughs> it's basically every Friday and uh, they just take a piss out of the just total clusterfuck that is Brexit and all the various different characters. It's like a Shakespearean play. I mean, it's like, and the people who are on it are brilliant. They're really, really ent- entertaining, have some great guests on there. And it's just a great, it's, I mean, it's just, it's a great laugh. Uh, and it gives a really good insight into how the Tory party and how the UK in general is just snowballing towards a fucking giant cliff of disaster. <laughs> so yeah, it's sort of like, you know, I listen to it. Or, with, or being some sort of like, uh, Taxation like haven. Yeah, I mean, it's just every day. How how else are you going to keep the city of London? The city of London is fucked. Everything's fucked. And actually, now for the first time, yeah, I won't get to that. That's another podcast. But hey, do you have some recommendation? I do, but it's not too recent. It's from the year 2016. That ancient history. We like the good shit, so let's hear it. In the in the spirit of kind of a things of contradiction, uh, Insomnium's album Winter's Gate. Uh, All right, cool. Mm-hmm. If you're not into metal, that might be a good gateway for you guys to get into that. Uh, that that is what uh, serenity, beauty, and brutality look like All when right, they shake hands. Nice. Wonderful. Nice yeah. I will cue that right up. I have some Excel action coming up in my <laughs> in my in my real professional life just after this. So that will be excellent for 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 this purpose. And for me, finally, I I want to recommend a podcast called 20,000 Hertz. Ooh, that uh, also sounds like a metal band. 20k.org. <laughs> uh, 20, as in two zero, the letter k.org. Um, it's, it's a podcast about sounds and sound design and famous sound brands and just famous sounds, like the, the sound you get from... Uh, now old Apple laps, laptop when laptops when they boot up and uh, that's famous blurping sound someone recorded under in some great ocean and uh, things like these from the everyday sounds and going in depth on those. That's interesting. I had uh, I had when I worked uh, my last ad agency, there was a bloke there was a copywriter and he was telling me about like one of our clients was Volvo and how Volvo spent shitloads of money researching the sound of the door opening and closing yeah. just to get yeah. a satisfying, reassuring. Uh, they need to compete yeah. with the Germans. They're, they're like the market leaders on this. I, I can't remember the source 
source specifically, but to my understanding, some German cars like high-end BMWs and Mercedes and, and so forth, they are, I mean, they're now feeding into the, um, the, the cars are too silent now. So they're feeding in artificially generated <laughs> engine sounds into the, uh, in, oh. into, the, into the car. Yes. <laughs> so you get to feel your, you know, manliness or whatever for, oh for the, <laughs> and, and they might actually be mixing in some active noise cancellation. So they cancel out like the real noises from the tires and stuff. And then they uh, generate some good old sounds. Just hold that thought for a second. Cause I think we may have another guest I want to introduce. Okay, that's going to be a nice exercise in audio, in audio editing. What? Yes, indeed. I've got someone who always wanted to say hello here. Come on in, Captain Big here. This is my son, Elliot. Say hello to the world. Hello. How are you feeling today? All right. Yeah, how's the weather? Bad. Bad? It's glorious sunshine. How was school? Crap. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Elliot. That, 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 that's <laughs> what I call direct feedback. Uh... <laughs> Just thought it was, we were introduced. Uh, that's, some, that's some quick mar market research right there. <laughs> <laughs> no, yes. that perfectly ties up this uh, chat. So It's so, Nintendo Switch time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it also ties into that the uh, uh, discussion about the fish education system. <laughs> so, <laughs> beautifully, beautifully done, Elliot. Thank Lovely. you very much. So, yeah, thank you very much for joining us, Jurki. And thank, thank you very much for sharing your insights into the, into the uh, the wonderful world of Finland and how Finnish people think, etc., etc. And uh, we are back in business when it comes to uh, podcasting. Yeah. We actually have another guest, I think, even lined up next week. Mm -hmm. So much like London buses, we uh, we don't do anything. You don't, they don't arrive for ages and then two come at once. And uh, um, then and the air conditioning doesn't work and you're not allowed to open the windows. Yeah, and then yeah. there's been a traffic jam for ages. So, uh, yeah, thanks for listening. All the links and all the fancy, wonderful stuff will be in the stuff below. And we will see you or you won't see you but you'll hear from us probably next week or even soon after that maybe yeah, who yeah, knows so, sometime yeah, later sometime this year sometime in the next few in the close the yeah. near future alright hey thanks everyone thank you thanks. Bye. Bye. bye you've been listening to the Very Finnish Problems podcast please send any feedback to veryfinnishproblems at inktank.fi this program is published by Inktank Media and produced by Thomas Nyberg. Inktank Media is a digital marketing and communications agency which specializes in copywriting, storytelling and social media. Find out more on our website inktankmedia.fi. While this podcast isn't an advertisement, we do occasionally interview representatives of companies we have a business relationship with. Thanks again for listening.